Welcome to the IdeaGen Global Leadership Summit 2023 on IdeaGen TV. Today, I am honored to have with us Kevin Denellen, Executive Vice President and Chief of Staff at AARP. Kevin, welcome. Thanks, George. How are you doing? Kevin, doing fantastic, especially because I have the privilege of this interview with you here today. I know there's so much going on at AARP. It's 2023. Amazing leadership today. Could you tell us, leading right into the interview, what are some of the projects you're working on right now for 2023 that you'd like to share with our global audience? Sure. Well, for 2023, a lot of it is continuing and continuing on the good work we did in 2022 and prior to that. So we're going to continue to advocate for health security on things like improving health care uh, and an increased focus on caregiving issues, especially at the state level where we've had a whole lot of advocacy wins and we wanna see more. Uh, our goal there is to improve the quality of long-term care services and supports to enhance workplace, workplace flexibility and financial supports for caregivers uh, to increase access to home and community-based services. Uh, we're also gonna to continue to champion financial resilience on issues like strengthening social security, on savings and planning, work and jobs and housing. And uh, we'll also continue our efforts um, so that a significant majority of 50 plus have an opportunity to connect with others in order to thrive throughout their longer and hopefully healthier lifespans. Uh, Cross-cutting all those issues uh, will be a continued focus that we've had for a number of years now on disparities and age discrimination. And of course, I, given what we're here to talk about largely today, I'd also be remiss if I did not say Purpose Prize will continue to be a major focus for the organization. Uh, we currently have a call for applications for the next class of Purpose Prize winners. Uh, those applications are due by uh, February 28th. Um, and also I'll give you a sneak preview on something, George. Uh, we are working on a documentary on purpose. So uh, look for that to be broadcast in the coming months. And it's uh, what I've seen so far, it's still not complete, but it almost is. It's fantastic, uh, very moving and very compelling. Well, of course, Kevin, I wouldn't expect anything less than compelling. Uh, we've had the privilege and the honor to work closely with you and the Purpose Prize and highlight Purpose Prize winners and beyond. And, and it's just transformational and inspirational to see all of the incredible work that's taking place by these 50 plus individuals across the country. And so would you kindly tell us a little bit more about the Purpose Prize and how it fits specifically within sure. AARP's strategic priorities? Sure. Uh, first of all, the Purpose Prize is the only uh, national award that celebrates people 50 and older who are using their lived experiences uh, to make a difference in the world. Uh, through the Purpose Prize Award, AARP celebrates the creativity, the innovation, and the inspiration that lived experience brings. Uh, there are five winners. They are uh, founders of nonprofit organizations. Uh, when they win, they receive a number of things, including a $50,000 cash prize for their organization. And then we also give them access to several organizational supports from leadership coaching to succession planning to media branding uh, 
development of an uh, evaluation plan, board support, uh, all that broadens their organizational impact. And uh, the Purpose Prize fits beautifully into ARP's uh, mission and the value of celebrating the achievements of people 50 plus. And, and obviously that's directly in line with the mission of AARP. And so right. is it necessary that a Purpose Prize honoree work on an issue that AARP works on, such as age discrimination or retirement? No, they don't have to. It'd be great. Uh, and and uh, every once in a while, one of the, the winners is focusing on one of our key strategic priorities at the moment. But you do not need to. What we celebrate with the Purpose Prize are people who are using innovative approaches to making significant change, uh, no matter the issue they're working on. It's about their legacy and the power of their work. Exactly, and that's what's so transformational about it. And so the founders of nonprofits are eligible to receive this Purpose Prize and winners must be over 50. Correct. They must have been over 40 when they founded the organization. Correct. Are nonprofits the only eligible entities? Yes. Excellent. And you've been doing the Purpose Prize now and leading it up at ARP for six years now. It Correct. seems like yesterday where we had the privilege of attending an in-person uh, Purpose Prize event. Right. And do the honorees have anything in common beyond meeting this basic criteria? Um, they, uh, they do. I, I would say um, tenacity is probably the thing most of them have in common. Um, all of our honorees at some point saw a problem and then they went after it and, and to fix it. Uh, some of them had a very personal connection to the work. Uh, for example, we had one um, uh, nonprofit leader who uh, became paralyzed in a skiing, skiing accident. And then she went on, Monica Spaney, went on to found an organization that provides uh, specially adapted wheelchairs, uh, which allow people with disabilities to enjoy, enjoy outdoor activities. And then others like Sharon Rush, who I think you're going to be interviewing um, uh, this week as well, extended her commitment to civil rights and to the, to the disability and the disabled community. And what they all have in common is their dedication to making a difference and in some instances, instances changing systems. And, you know, you just highlighted two incredible honorees, and they're all incredible in their own right in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's difficult to choose. And you just it mentioned, two, but could you tell me about an honoree or two really change the world, in your opinion, <clears throat> and inspired you most importantly? Sure. I, there, are, there are so many. It is, you're right. It is really difficult to choose. It's almost uh, like you're asking me to do the uh, impossible. But I do have a couple of people who have really impressed me and moved me on these. So let me highlight a few of them. Uh, one uh, of our recent honorees is Dr. Amani Woody. Uh, Dr. Woody uh, founded Mary's Place, which is a welcoming home for LGBT elders in Washington, D.C. Uh, she knew firsthand how vulnerable and alone uh, that group could be. And they're also often shunned by family and, and other uh folks in their age group. Uh, so she took a family home she had inherited and transformed it into a center for LGBT elders who needed a place to live and 
to provide support services. Uh, another uh, that really pulls at the heartstrings is Mark Barden. Uh, we all know about the horrific shooting of children and teachers in Newtown, Connecticut. Well, Mark was one of those fathers who lost a six-year-old son, Daniel. I am so in awe of Mark. He took his impossible grief and channeled it into preventing school shootings. The Sandy Hook Promise teaches kids how to spot potential shooters and what to do if they identify those potential shooters. Uh, they have objectively uh, pre prevented dozens of school shootings. Another that really touched me was um, Karen Cassidy. Karen was a nursing supervisor in Kentucky for years, and she saw too many patients who faced the prospect of dying alone because they didn't have family. Uh, Karen left the hospital setting to start a hospice for people with no families and no support. At Hildegard House, uh, which is her uh, center, patients are treated with love and dignity in their final days, and all of that at no cost. Uh, another one that uh, is a more recent uh, uh, recipient is Alan Miller. And given my background in communications, I was always a big fan of Alan and his news literacy project. Alan has developed a curriculum to teach middle and high school kids how to spot misinformation and distinguish it from legitimate news. They've reached already, they've reached over a million students across the country. So you see, they've each used their own skills and background to tackle an issue uh, in ways that others hadn't even considered. That's right. And it's profound to think about all of these various leaders and the impact they're having on their communities right. and on so many individuals across the country. And so shifting to your own background, Kevin, yep. how would you describe your specific leadership style as chief of staff and executive vice president at AARP? Ah, interesting. Um, well, I strongly believe that to be a successful leader at AARP or almost anywhere, you need to do uh, six things. And I hope and I believe it defines my leadership style. One, you need to have a clear vision and mission, a true understanding of uh, your organization, what you're trying to achieve. Uh, you need sound strategy uh, to help uh, make that vision a reality. Uh, third, uh, you need clear messages. You need to make sure people understand what you're trying to do and what you're saying in the same way you think you're communicating. it. And then you need to ask those folks for feedback to make sure that's true. Because unfortunately, a lot of times we think we're clear in our communications, but we're not always. Uh, you need to demonstrate integrity and courage uh, to execute your vision and mission. Uh, I also believe you need to challenge the status quo and to constantly innovate, or as we call it here at ARP, we want all of our staff to be everyday innovators and aging. So constantly innovating. And then of course, the last one is you need to take calculated but smart risks. So that I think is how I try to lead. I encourage uh, my staff to, to do all those things, to take risks, to, to really innovate new ideas, because that's how we're gonna tackle uh, the problems facing us. And, and I'm certain that the millions of people across the planet that will watch this interview will say, my gosh, I need to implement these six areas within my leadership in order to be effective because clearly they've been effective for you. Yeah. And so as a liaison 
mm-hmm. between AARP CEO, Joanne Jenkins, and your executive leadership team. Kevin, how do you balance the needs of multiple parties and leaders to achieve what is obviously a shared mission? Yeah, well, first, um, it's important to remind everybody what that shared mission is and to be clear about it. And, um, and, but, and at the end of the day, you know, remind folks, you know, particularly here at ARP, we're here to improve the lives of people 50 plus. Um, so ask yourself, is what I'm doing going to transform and improve those lives of, of those folks? Are we transforming the 50 plus marketplace? Uh, how is what we're doing going to empower people to choose how they want to live as they age? That, in essence, is what we're about. So, again, you need to make, help make sure we, you have sound strategies and help make that vision a reality. And you need, as I said before, clear messages and make sure people understand you in the same way you think you're communicating. Kevin, that is incredibly inspiring. And of course, on that same note, we all stand, as you know, on the shoulders of giants. Yep. I'd like to ask you, who are some of these giants, these leaders that you've looked up to that have impacted you and that you now embody leadership style as you help to shape all of the things you're doing at ARP. Yeah. Um, One of the people that inspires me all the time uh, was our founder, uh, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrews. Dr. Andrews started ARP when she was in her mid seventies. Her goal was to help older Americans lead lives of independence, dignity, and purpose. She believed in serving our members in society by creating positive social change through advocacy, service, information. Uh, And that's what drives me. It's what gets me up in the morning. Uh, Prior to joining the staff at AARP in 1985, I worked on aging issues. I worked to improve lives, to standing up to injustice, fighting discrimination, with a focus on what I call the last ism, which is ageism. And it was Dr. Andrus's vision that attracted me now almost 40 years ago to AARP. Still today, our purpose is to empower people to choose how they live as they age. And to do that, we focus on the issues I talked about before, health, security, financial stability, and personal fulfillment for all people. Kevin Dinellen, Executive Vice President and Chief of Staff at AARP, What is your call to action for our global audience? And perhaps most importantly, how can folks across the planet find out more about your incredible work at AARP? Yeah, well, um, my call to action would be uh, folks need to to get involved and and do good. I mean, really get out there and, and make a difference in the world. If you see something, a challenge that needs to be fixed, you know, take inspiration from our uh, Purpose Prize winners. Uh, come up with a, a good idea, a strategy, and fix it. Um, for more information about us or ARP or the Purpose Prize, just go to ARP.org. Um, it is a terrific website that is chock-a-block full of uh, information, all sorts of content, whether it's on uh, issues uh, related to how we all age or how you can get more involved in your community, things like Purpose Prize. It's all there. So check that out, ARP.org. Kevin Dinellen, Executive Vice President and Chief of Staff at AARP, thank you for your inspiration. 
Thank you for your leadership. And most importantly, thank you for all you're doing to change the world at AERP. Well, thank you, George. And, and thanks to IdeaGen. You guys are doing a great job and we appreciate all the attention and focus you put on uh, the, the many good issues that you guys engage in and uh, you are making a difference. So thank you. Thanks, Kevin.